Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. From 64 to 32 over the last two days, and it feels so real this time around. We'll get down to the Sweet 16 in less than two sleeps. Broadcasting live from the Score Hyundai Studios, Presented by your local Hyundai dealers. Early odds with you earlier than the usual 8 to 9 a.m. hour here on The Score. And for good reason. BetQL's countdown to tip-off is 7 to 9. So in a nutshell, we'll be here to help for three hours over the next few Saturdays. No time to waste. Professional better Bill Krakenberger with his favorite play of the day in 25 minutes. And the Cubs and Sox win totals posted and taking action. We'll get to that. We're always looking ahead in sports betting, so let's do just that with today's eight NCAA tournament games. Joining me bright and early on this a glorious Saturday, and it is glorious because it's day three of the NCAA tournament. We've got Michael Beller on the line. He's a podcast host and producer over at The Athletic. At M. Beller, you'll probably hear him if he's kind enough to share more of his time very soon because opening day is right around the corner. We usually have a full breakdown on the baseball season, but this morning, Michael, with eight games on the docket today and tomorrow, we're almost there at the Sweet 16 already. You know, we've got to break down all the eight of these matchups. Plenty of time for us to find our NL East team to bet to win the World Series (laughs) this year, Joe. We got to get these uh, NCAA tournament games in for sure. Yeah, those MLB uh, lines are moving. There's so much going on between college basketball and the NFL that you see little nuggets in air quotes, little nuggets. Oh, Freddie Freeman, he's going to the Dodgers, by the way. Nobody's even paying any attention because of everything else that's going on in the sports world. Uh, Let's start with the first game of the day, just after 11 o'clock here. We've got a 1-8 matchup. It's Baylor, a team that most people have losing they're just trying to figure out okay where are they going to be going home early is it going to be before we even get to the sweet 16 the bears are favored by five and a half we know they're not going to have their stud crier they're taking on a red hot north carolina team what do you think i think this is maybe the the biggest trouble spot for baylor the rest of the way in their region because they don't have lj crier If they win this game and get him back in the second weekend, I think that they could be feeling better about themselves regardless of their Sweet 16 matchup. If they win that game, regardless of their Elite Eight matchup, then they do without him against this UNC team that has looked awfully good, Joe, for the last month or so. Their only Mm -hmm. loss in that time coming against Virginia Tech in the ACC tournament. And we know what sort of a buzzsaw Virginia Tech was in the ACC tournament. And we've just really seen the bow ideal of what North Carolina can be over this time with a 
Armando Bacot playing his best basketball and Caleb Love probably playing his best basketball. We saw that on display against Marquette in the first round. We know that they can play fast and make teams uncomfortable with that pace. And having said all that, I still lean toward Baylor. I think Baylor's getting a, a, not a, not enough love for just how good they were. Everyone, like you said, everyone, no one wants this team, this one seed, this defending champion uh, to go to the final four. And this was an awesome team all season long. This was a really, really good team. They beat Kansas. They beat uh, Villanova in the non-conference. This was a great team all season that admittedly has stumbled in Big 12 play. I still like them, though. I think that even without Cryer, what they can do uh, on the perimeter with Adam Flagler and Matthew Mayer being that inside-outside uh, threat for them is going to be enough to counteract a North Carolina team that, while playing great, is still one that we can't quite fully trust with how inconsistent that they've been this season. I will say it's not a bet for me. I don't feel good enough about it, but I would lean toward Baylor and lay in the five and a half. Injuries, the story in the second game of the day as well. Creighton with a flurry of points at the very end. They force overtime and they win. What do you know? Mountain West goes out early. We've seen this story before uh, with San Diego State in that one. But Creighton advances and now they're beat up and they are 11 and a half point dogs. It's open at 10, but it keeps on climbing. We understand why. Uh, speaking of ones, here's another one in Kansas. San Diego State meltdown was oh. such a such a letdown for me. I, w- I was so long on San Diego State back on Thursday and just like kicking my feet on like, what a genius I am. And then just giving it away at the end of regulation, 11 and a half is a big, big number, but you know, no Ryan Kalkbrenner, no Ryan Nembhard. This is already a team that can really struggle offensively. And now you're talking about both of those guys being out. I think they're going to have a lot of trouble against Kansas, a team that really is, is playing, you know, maybe it's best basketball of the season right now. They looked awesome in the big 12 tournament, Joe. And, you know, we're not going to obviously draw too much from, from the Texas Southern game, but this is a team that, you know, we saw it in the big 12 tournament, just how much of a difference Remy Martin makes for them when he's out there. And just, I think that this is a game that they can really run away and hide. It just, I mean, Creighton's offense is just, it was, it's been so slow and so hit or miss all season. And now you're talking about their two best offensive players, not even being out there. They don't shoot the three. They turn it over a ton. They don't really hit the glass on either side of the floor. Hell of a run for Greg McDermott and his team to get to this point of the season. Great comeback against San Diego State. Plenty of us thought they wouldn't even be a tournament team with all the turnover and all the transfers and everything and all the freshmen that they have on that team. It ends here. I I do like Kansas laying that big number. Nice comeback for Michigan in their first game against Colorado State. Much tougher opponent this time around. Not many teams playing better than Tennessee right now. They're favored by six as the three seed. I'm in on the Vols. I hope Rick Barnes doesn't get me in the end. I got, I got them at 50 to one final four play as well. Uh, what do we think about the Vols laying six against the Wolverines? Yeah, six is a little bit, uh, it's a little rich of a number for me. I'm probably staying away from it. It, it is the direction that I would lean. I hate to be so favorite heavy so far as, as we're talking here, but you know, Michigan, as talented as they are, you're, they were 17 and 14 in the regular season for a reason. 11 and 9 in the Big Ten, 11 and 10 if you include the Big Ten turning loss to Indiana for a reason. And we've seen it. We saw it in the Indiana game in the Big Ten tournament. They go way up and then they just have one horrible stretch. They had a horrible stretch against Colorado State in the first half and they were able to overcome it and they deserve credit for overcoming that 15-point hole they dug themselves into in the first half against Colorado State. But Tennessee, Joe, is not Colorado State. 
Tennessee is not Indiana, and Michigan seems to have had one stretch like that in almost every game they've played, and that's why you see them lose the games they lose to good teams, and they're able to crawl their way back against a Colorado State, a decent team, but not a great team. Mm-hmm. Assuming they have that stretch, I think it's going to be very hard for them to stick with a Tennessee team that really is doing everything you want to see from them, shooting the three well. Uh, rebounding the ball very well, playing incredibly strong defense, taking their chances when they are able to get out and run. Uh, Tennessee has the look of a Final Four team right now. And similar to what I just talked about with Creighton against Kansas, this feels like Michigan uh, getting above its weight class here. So an impressive uh, showing from them in the first round to get to this point. But I think Tennessee takes care of business in this game. All right. I like to hear it. Well, let's move on to the fourth game of the day. Uh, This is Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski, Sports Radio 670. The score, my terrific guest, Michael Beller from The Athletic. We've seen this before. Richmond as a 12 or even a lower seed, they advance. And then on the opposite side, the entire betting world just keeps on fading Providence. They're not concerned about how much money they keep losing because of the luck factor. People are sick of all these close games. Providence wins the world on South Dakota state in round number one. And Providence just takes care of business covering the short spread. We've got a short spread. Once again, in this matchup, Providence favored by three against the spiders. Yeah, this is going to be an interesting one for sure. And one where I once again, find myself, I'm the favorite. If Richmond's going to give Providence trouble in this game, I think they're going to have to shoot the three really well because they don't, they're not going to, they're not going to be able to rebound against this Providence team. They just, they just are. I mean, they don't do it really against anyone. They didn't really do it at all in the eight ten. It would be silly to expect them to create extra possessions for themselves via the offensive rebound uh, against one of the, uh, you know, bigger, better, stronger teams that they've seen this season. So I don't think you can really expect that Providence doesn't turn you over. So Richmond should feel good about that. Richmond doesn't turn the ball over. Providence doesn't turn you over. So they're not going to give away too many possessions. It would be unlikely for them to give away the possessions. They shoot a lot of threes. That's just the truth with Richmond. Uh, That's how they're going to have to score, I think, against Providence. And I think that's where they win this. If they are able to pull off what would be a mini upset here, I think they need to make something like like 12 or 13 threes. And so that's certainly possible. Mm. But like you said, I mean, Providence, like, sure, there's a, there's a luck factor with this team, certainly. But at some point, like, you, you got to give them credit for winning all these games against quality teams and winning all these close games. This is a team that beat Wisconsin. This is a team that beat Texas Tech. They beat UConn. Uh, you know, they were able to knock off a lot of quality teams, really Villanova, the only quality team they played that they didn't beat this season. And at some point, whether you're winning those games by one or you're winning those games by 15, it has to be worth something. So it, it's it, Providence's... Um, nature makes me a little bit afraid of betting this game, but ultimately I do think I come down on their side and, and one that I'm comfortable betting because I think that they can do enough to run Richmond off the three point line. And if they do that, I think Richmond's going to have trouble putting the ball in the basket in this game. And a lot of times, once you get the larger sample size, things do balance out, but it doesn't mean it's going to happen this year. You know, I, I, I see a lot of that people betting against all those teams with good records games decided by six points or fewer. Well, they're a pretty good team, so that's why they have the slight advantage. Is it a skill? Playing close games and closing teams out, if you have good coaching, many times you can make the argument that it is. Well, UCLA had a close game. They had to survive Akron, and they were the story last March. I mean, we've had high expectations all season, just barely skating by all season long. Going against St. Mary's just pummeled the Indiana Hoosiers now, this line is only two and a half in favor of UCLA, the 4-5 matchup. Awesome game. This is going to be such a fun game. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you love the offensive talent that UCLA has. You love the way St. Mary's 
place defense. We're talking about a top 10 defense in the country uh, by adjusted efficiency, according to Ken Palm, two slow paced teams. So I think they're going to both feel comfortable with the pace that this game is played at. This is going to be uh, just an absolutely uh, a great matchup. And I think really, I mean, it, it seems simple to say that it's going to swing on, you know, St. Mary's defense against UCLA's offense, but I think it's simple because it's true. Um, yeah, th- this is going to have to be about uh, a really the way that St. Mary's makes UCLA work and how hard they're able to make them work for their buckets because this is a team that doesn't give up offensive rebounds, St. Mary's. So, you know, UCLA is going to have to be very efficient on first shots, most likely, or they're just going to have to beat St. Mary's at their own game. But I think more likely than not, you're going to be looking for really big efficiency out of Jaime Jaquez, out of Johnny Juzang, out of Tiger Campbell. They're going to have to get good shots. They're going to have to get good first shots because St. Mary's just doesn't make it easy on you. They don't give up a ton of rebounds. Uh, They can force turnovers, not great, but pretty well. They're going to make it very, very challenging for this super talented UCLA team. I still come down on UCLA side on this, Joe. I mean, they're one of four teams in the country in the top 15 in adjusted offensive and defensive efficiency. And we didn't necessarily see that against Akron. But I still think that that's something that they can bring to bear uh, against most opponents that they that they play. And so I think that uh, they got their scare against Akron. Hell of a way to close that game. Hell of a way to finish that game out of this team. And I think that this is ultimately going to be a story of UCLA's offensive talent just being a little bit too much for St. Mary's to handle. But this is going to be probably the game of the day uh, later today. I like you even more than I usually do because you're advancing <laughs> all these futures tickets that I'm holding. I usually don't add any late because the value yeah. is completely sucked out. But as I was price shopping right before the tournament started, you would see UCLA 18, 20 to one. That made sense. And I found a 35 to one. I just had to take a piece of that with UCLA. Yeah. They have a tough path. They could face a lot of the teams that are in that range of top five, top 10 teams in the country, but uh, had to grab a little bit of that with their experience. So we'll see. We'll see if they can make it to week number two in the NCAA tournament. Uh, these 15-2 upsets are now boring, right? We've seen it six times <laughs> in the last 10 tournaments. Been done. Yeah, that's old news. St. Peter's the story this year. They're a big dog. They've got Murray State in the seven 15 matchup. That's not the time. That That is the seedings here. Uh, Murray State 7. Well, oh, wait. I have a Murray State future. Let's see what you think here. Yeah, there you go. I mean, got to heads off to St. Peter's, right? I mean, they, yeah. they really confused uh, um, Kentucky. I mean, that the, the switch to the zone really crowded things up, and Severe Wheeler suddenly didn't know how to deal with uh, and they, 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 he wasn't able to get to his left hand. He wasn't able to get into the paint the way that he was when it seemed like Kentucky was pulling away in the second half of that game. But let's be honest, this was a game that Kentucky lost to the free throw line. I mean, even as poorly as Kentucky played, as you know, frankly scared as they played that game in the second half, that's still a game they win if they just shoot free throws the way that they typically do. And if they're good, their perimeter players score a little bit better, not even, we're not, we're not even asking them to score up to their, you know, season averages score a little bit better and they win that game. So St. Peter's has something to do with that. That was just as much a game that Kentucky lost as it was that St. Peter's won and Murray state, you know, Murray state was going to be a handful for Kentucky, let alone St. Peter's um, Murray state, a really dangerous team. Another team that for a, for a lower seed and for a smaller team does the things you want to do 
they they rebound the ball well. They force turnovers. Uh, they don't shoot it as extremely well as some of these mid-majors do, but still a team that shoots the three better than 33%. So you can expect them to knock down some threes in this game, especially uh, with St. Peter's being a team that uh, you know maybe is going to be able to give those up. The offense for St. Peter's, not quite up to snuff in this game. Uh, the, the, the number's a little big. It's probably a stay away for me, but I do like Murray State to win this one, and, and that would be the lean I would have if I were forced to be betting every game. Yeah, that number is about eight and a half. It wouldn't surprise me as we get big. closer to the game if it continues to climb. Two more games to go here on Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski, my guest Michael Beller from The Athletic. And uh, prime time, we've got Arkansas the four against the 12. Wait, I thought the 12s weren't going to win this year. That's what I was thinking going in. Uh, but New Mexico State, phenomenal performance on Thursday. Arkansas is favored by six and a half. Love Arkansas in this spot. I've got, I mean, the, the number, I wanted it to be a little lower when it opened. Um, but I, I really like this Arkansas team. This is a team that I have a, uh, I have, first of all, I have, I have a, a future to go to the Sweet 16. So I uh, yeah. hope I'm cashing that ticket a little bit later today. I've got a Final Four future on this team because I think their, you know, their pace and just how hectic they can make things on defense and then how quickly they can turn that to offense, like that could be tough for, for any team that they ultimately end up running into uh, at any point. And so I, I like it. This is the, this is a team that felt like they could, you know, knock off a Gonzaga and uh, get themselves ultimately into the final four, knock, knock off a Duke, knock off a Texas tech. Like they've got the right formula to do that. You also have a lot of holdovers from the team that went to the elated and ne- nearly went to the final four last year. Uh, we also saw in their first round matchup against Vermont, some of the things that scare you about them. They don't really shoot the three very well. If J.D. Note isn't getting his, the offense can maybe stall a little bit. So it goes back and forth. But ultimately, I think that, you know, Arkansas, they're just, they're, they're such an active defense and they're such an athletic team. And they're such a fast team that when you're in New Mexico State and you're not used to seeing that level of play, it, it's jarring. And it just truly is. And, you know, one thing New Mexico State is really good at is running teams off the three-point line. Arkansas shoots a lot of threes, but they don't necessarily need those to be dropping for them to, to get their points because of how well they play defense. Uh, no turnovers forced by New Mexico State. And really where this game ultimately, I think, turns is that New Mexico State is an incredibly turnover-prone team. Turn it over on more than 20% of their possessions, 310th in the country. And that is just a horrible trait to have when you are playing against an Arkansas team that is this active defensively and is this adept at turning those live ball turnovers into easy buckets going the other direction. Love Arkansas in this spot. Probably my favorite play of the day. Teddy Allen, we can still celebrate him though, right? I mean, oh, what, sure. what, That's a what March is all about. What a season <laughs> that was. He does kind of fit the criteria of a, maybe a guy that can put his team on his back, but I, I'm with you here in this specific spot. Uh, backing Arkansas, last game of the night, the Zags. You know, the final score, it, they, oh, <laughs> domination by Gonzaga. They didn't cover the point spread, but domination, taking care of Georgia State. No, 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 not the case early on. Uh, Timmy uh, just took over in the end. The Zags are favored by 10 and a half over Memphis with a, a lot of talent, a team that was looking really strong at the end of the season before losing in the conference title game. Tons of talent. Uh, and the, I think sort of the right mix to make things hard on Gonzaga. I, I really don't have any illusions of Memphis pulling off an upset. I think if we see a big one seed go down in the second round, it's North Carolina over Baylor. I think that one's a little bit more alive. 
which is why I'm staying away from betting Baylor, even though I lean in their direction. But I think Memphis has what it takes to, to make this a game. I think Memphis getting 10 and a half is, is a pretty comfortable number if you want to get in on Memphis uh, with um, the size that they're able to bring, right? Because we, we, we talk about Gonzaga and how inside, outside they can be because of Drew Timmy and Chet Holmgren. You know, Memphis has the size to deal with those guys. They, they, Jalen Duran, uh, DeAndre Williams, even Landers Nolly playing at six seven, like they've got enough size to deal with those sorts of guys. And so I think that they can can make things hard enough on Timmy that they're not totally running away with the game. And then we know that Gonzaga wants to play very fast, and they can make a lot of teams uncomfortable with that sort of pace. And we've seen teams, we saw St. Mary's uh, at, at the end of the regular season, slow Gonzaga down, hold them to 57 points, which is just absolutely ridiculous. I mean, give Randy Bennett a medal for that, regardless of what St. Mary's does the rest of the tournament. But most of the teams that have given, that have been able to spook Gonzaga a little bit or even beat them have been able to get out and score. They lost a game to Duke where they gave up 84 points. They lost a game to Alabama where they gave up 91 points. Alabama plays a very fast pace offensively. Memphis plays fast. That, like that's what they're going to do. And they're not going to change that just because Gonzaga is frankly better than them and also plays fast. So I think that they're going to, they're comfortable with the pace. They're comfortable with the size. They can make things uncomfortable, if not necessarily inefficient for Gonzaga. I like Memphis to stay within the number, but Gonzaga to generally keep them at arm's length, win this game by something like six to eight rather than 14 to 18. It was nice what we had last year, but man, these four days, I think the best week in sports. Mm-hmm. I miss this so much, man. It's all come, all these uh, these memories over the years of watching the tournament come rushing back this week. And you know, day one started with a bang. It's just been outstanding. It really has, and like we've all talked about, it just it feels like the tournament for the first time in three yep. years. And so it's just been so much fun already to watch. And we've got two more full days ahead of us, Joe. This is going to be Phenomenal. great. And then and then we can start talking about. Uh, an NLS, NLEs team. After we hit the Nationals and the Braves, we can get an NLEs team to, to win the World Series this year, maybe. Free agency has been crazy. It's <laughs> been nuts. And nobody's going to watch Chris Bryant play a game ever again yeah, until, he, yeah. until he comes back home as a member of the Rockies. <laughs> it's strange. Uh, Michael Beller from The Athletic, at Beller on Twitter. Michael, let's check in on, on that baseball preview soon, all right? Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Good luck today, Joe. Appreciate Michael Beller for being an early riser on this Saturday. Pro better Bill Krakenberger has a pick, but some betting info to assist for the rest of your betting days. The crack man is next. You're listening to Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski. Saturday mornings, usually 8 to 9 on 670 The Score and the Odyssey app. The score listener line is open 24-7-365, empowered by BetQL. Bet smarter and beat the books. Download the BetQL app today or visit BetQL.com. Welcome back on Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski, 670 The Score. Follow me on Twitter at Joe Ostrowski. That's at Joe Ostrowski. Bill Krakenberger is a pro better who flies from Vegas to Jersey, Jersey to Vegas just to bet. Bill dropped by BetQL Daily yesterday, and we discussed attacking first-half college basketball totals, the Tom Brady controversy, and here's his favorite play of the day. Listen up. Memphis, I really think they're going to hang around with Gonzaga. I like a team like that uh, to hang around with Gonzaga the first half, plus six, six and a half. So I'll be betting that. I didn't bet it yet. Even a first-half totals market, it's – it, 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 I don't. I don't really like to bet full totals um, too much. I do, but um, I, I like. I like to bet where I don't have to worry about garbage fouls at the end. 
Do I want to have an under where, you know, teams up by 11 decides to slap a guy and with, with, with 10 seconds left and make the total go over? Or better yet, make my side. If I have a side plus 8, plus 9, plus 10, uh, I, you know, I don't want to have to lose because of a garbage foul thing. And that's why I like those first-half sides probably as much uh, at this time of the year as full games. For everyone out there, listen, take advantage of those boosts. They're giving you free money. But some of them – be careful. Work out the math. It may not be what it looks like. So just work out the math. Go to any parlay calculator. Don't just think they're giving you positive EV, EV expected value, just because they're, you know, looks like they're hanging it and they're, they're pushing it out. It's low hanging fruit. It may not be low hanging. It could be poison fruit. So just uh, make sure you keep, keep your eye on, on what you should do and shouldn't do and work out the math. I know it's fun for a lot of people. Don't forget, this is new for people. This is, there was a kid next to me yesterday. Um, I didn't even, I just met him for the first time from South Philly. Um, he was new. He's like 22 years old, brand new to sports betting, but he grew up watching NBA. This kid kept going back and forth, back and forth to the kiosk. And I finally, because he was a friend of a friend of mine, I said, right, kid, give me your tickets. I didn't, even, I didn't even know his name. I still don't know his name. I said, give me your tickets. Let me see this. I said, so why are you, and I can't help myself. Why are you betting every, all the time? You keep going to the kiosk and betting over and over. You got a stack of tickets. You know, they were all 20, 30 bucks, all negative EV though, just based on watching the games and I, I got to have more live action. I, you know, like literally betting above your means. I could, I could tell the kid, he's a kid, but he said, he'd be like, oh, I love this. this is a, I grew up on this. I know what happens in these games. I'm listening to him, and he was the perfect example uh, of someone that I wanted to – I would actually take at school and try to turn around, you know, because I know what it's going to lead to for someone like that. Sure. Uh, cr- yeah. Crack, on a weekly basis now, uh, sports betting is so big, national stories, usually involving the NFL. A couple weeks back, it was about Calvin Ridley, and then earlier this week, it was – hey, there needs to be some sport, sort of investigation. Sportsbook managers are very upset because of what happened with the Tom Brady news. Betters using information. They weren't just Bucks fans using actual information. Crack, isn't that what sportsbooks do on a daily basis? In some Listen, form or fashion, they're using information hey, to their benefit? Let me tell you why I got thrown out of um, stations, casinos. I got thrown out of station. I, I did a show in New York, WFAN, which is, is when I grew growing up, that was like the, the Bible to me. But I did I did the fan, and I actually was uh, a girl called in, a lady called in at the fan. She was very nice, and then I go to Vegas, and she finds me on Twitter and and tweets to me, and she's like, "I'm coming to Vegas, crack. I'd love to meet you." And and um, she's actually a, a, a police officer, uh, a detective actually. So I don't know that until I meet her. But I, I said, yeah, sure, I'll, I'll, I'll meet you. Because she, she was called in. She was nice. She was so friendly. And, um, of course, my brain, the way it works, I, I, I take all my buddies over. to the. We usually hang out in another place. And we all go to Palace Station. She meets us there. She was nice as could be. She loves sports betting. She is so cool. Loves sports betting. And the reason why I'm getting to this is my first bet, I go to the counter there. And I bet plus 17 on a game. And it's announced that the quarterback wasn't going to play. It moved to 14 and a half instantly. The sports book director comes over to me in front of her and says, uh, I'm sorry, we need that ticket back or you're not allowed to bet here no more. <gasps> I, was like, I was like, what? Yeah, we, 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 you know, we don't want that type of bet. Well, I said, I bet 5,000 on that bet, but I bet 5,000 here on multiple bets. Look at my bets. It's not like I took, I'm a hundred dollar better and I bet 5,000 on something because I knew the quarterback wasn't going to play. But by the way, of course I did. I got a message from <laughs> one of my guys 
quarterbacks mm-hmm. quarterbacks out. Go take this bet wherever you are, or bet on your apps or whatever it may be. And it's warfare out there. It's us first them. This is what places like stations casinos does. They come after you if you have an edge. But like if I bet the other side of that game laying the seventeen, am I allowed to run to the counter and say, "Hey guys, let me give you this ticket back. I don't want this no more." The quarterback's out. Of course not. So that that's something that I deal with on a daily basis, and that's that's something that happens with, with in Las Vegas at, at some casinos. But going back to your original question, same thing here. Uh, you know, if I get information or if I feel I have information over um, a, a sports book, that's the goal. You know, literally. Um, did the books repay the, the Seattle future bets after they traded away Russell Wilson? Gambling's like a, it's a dog eat dog world. I mean, I'm I'm sorry the. The players are trying to find an edge wherever they are, and the books are trying to beat them to it too. So if books are going to post futures like that before offseason free agency is over, they're accepting the risk of an event like this happening will we'll shift the odds. I'm, I'm sorry. And you want to know something else? All the guys that are crying about that, I'll tell you right now, you have months and months to move around your odds. You can make money. Even though you took bets at 50-1, to 1, you can make money off those bets by adjusting the Green Bays, the Cincinnati's, the Ram, but you can adjust and get some two-way action, three-way, four-way action, and make some money. Now, going back to what your question is, I'm going to shock you here. I'm going to shock you guys. So the word inside information, the word games are fixed, you hear them all the time in the sports book by everyone. Everyone that makes excuses why they lost. It brings them back to the game, actually. But they always think they should have won. So, yeah, okay, there's some terrible refereeing this year in football, but – uh, that happens every year. Now, instant replay is supposed to, you know, actually level it off a little bit, but it may not have it in some situations. There's no fixes or inside information. 99.9% of the time in this situation, you take someone, and I don't know this for a fact, but this is just a good hypothesis. You take people that are in the organizations, they're making 70000 80000 and maybe 100000 Good money. Nice job. But uh, they want to make some extra money, and they know about Tom coming back. Yeah, they're probably going to leak it. Someone's probably going to leak it out. It's not going to be from a, a coach or, uh, you know, a, a player that's making millions of dollars jeopardizing their career. We've just seen that in the NFL. I lost $11 million bucks placing a couple of bets. It's not going to be like that, but it could be someone. It could be an assistant trainer or something. Who knows? It, that's just part of the business, though. Sportsbook should get that information also. And if we beat them to it, we're going to shape the line and form the line and show you which way to move your lines. So uh, you should take our bet. You want to lower it down? I understand that. But this, this situation probably falls outside that 99.9%. Maybe something did leak. I don't know that for a fact. But, you know, like I said, you've got guys that are making lot, you know, entry-level jobs in the NFL. You can make 50 grand a year, 40 grand a year, just literally. Um, the ball boys make 50 grand a year, 40 grand a year. They do make that much, by the way. You could, uh, you know, find information and something like that. Listen, it's the same thing as the Gatorade color. And uh, I was watching someone with cases of Gatorade go in the Super Bowl. Am I doing something illegal? No, I'm trying to gain my edge on the sports book. If you guys at the sports book think that you're going to book that, have someone stand out there and wait for the Gatorade truck. The crack man put it perfectly there. Cry, baby, cry, sports books. Not going to feel sorry for them after never having a losing NFL season in part because they use information. Subscribe to the BetQL Daily Podcast for more of those sorts of conversations like that one with Crack. Full things up there. MLB win totals are out. Let's chat Sox and Cubs 
with our weekly contributor, Jim Miller from PointsBet. You've got early odds with Joe Ostrowski, 6 to 7 a.m. during the tournament, usually here 8 to 9 on 670 The Score and the Odyssey app. Your home for live in-game betting just got better. Introducing PointsBet's new feature, live college basketball same-game parlays for the first time ever. Build the perfect live same-game parlay only with PointsBet. And now in Illinois, you could sign up from anywhere. Download the PointsBet app today and register your account from start to finish, all from your phone in seconds. New customers use code THESCORE to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. Back here on Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski, Sports Radio 670. The score, weekly contributor from PointsBet and Hawthorne Racecourse, our friend Jim Miller. And Jim has baseball on the mind, even though we're in the middle of the madness. So much going on. We talk about it every week, Jim. Yeah, I'll tell you. I mean, the madness is, of course, dominating the news right now. But here's the thing. Baseball is just around the corner. You're starting to see the win totals posted, the end of season awards and that posted and that. But Joe, before we get into that, I have a question for you. Are you ready? Let's go. Is spring training, was this proven that spring training is a hoax? Because think about it. You had the lockout, collective bargaining. All of a sudden, on a Thursday, they determine that everything's solved. You report on Sunday, the following Thursday, you're playing games. Is this whole pitchers and catchers reporting early thing really overdone and everybody reporting early? All these guys, they're working out in the offseason. They're coming in. They're ready. They're 90, 95% already. Is spring training really a hoax? I don't know about a hoax. Let's see if we have a number of pitching injuries. However, you are speaking my language. I have said this for years. And you know, Jim, I am a baseball guy. I kind of cringe. Oh, pitchers report. Pitchers and catchers report in X amount of days. All right, the countdown's X amount of days. And then what? Nothing. Okay, you see a couple of video clips of guys doing long toss in the outfield in Arizona. Congratulations. You reached the the pinnacle. What? A pitchers and catcher report, and then what? Then we have to sit around and wait a couple more months. No. It's completely overblown. Uh, it sounds like we're on the same page. Nothing actually happens. And now that the NFL has decided to take over 12 months a year, every single year, it doesn't really feel like there's much of an off season. There's that little phase we go through Super Bowl come down, but then now that's extended because the NFL season is longer. Where is the dead time in the middle of summer when we have baseball every day and before teams show up at NFL training camps? It's wild. It is. It is. It's completely wild right now. And and I actually, I know from experience, I had three spring trainings and you're right. It's a lot of fielding comebackers and throwing to first or standing in the outfield, shagging batting practice, that kind of stuff, running. You start working out months before you ever go to spring training. Because if you came into spring training, that was the first time you picked up a baseball, you weren't making it out of spring training. So mm-hmm. it is. I, I just think it, it, it's a little bit of a hoax. It's a little bit overblown. I think this year completely proved it. All right. We got some win totals. We can yeah. uh, start. Uh, we got to start in the south side of town because that's where your heart is. And there's probably more to say about the win total involving your White Sox. 91 and a half at points bet. So it's in line with the majority of numbers that are out at other books. Jim, I think there were some bookmakers in town that may have been drunk a week ago. There was an opener of 96 and a half for your Crazy. subsiders. Well, I, I don't know what they were doing. 
I really don't know. Maybe they were thinking all the Illinois betters were going to go over no matter what number was posted. But how do you have a five-game difference, quite the middle, uh, available out there for Illinois betters? 91.5 at most places and 96.5 for a short period of time at others. And think about it. They won 93 last year in a division that I don't think was nearly as good as it is this year. I think even at 91 and a half, the under still the play. And mm. I think they're still going to be under. And I think they're still going to win the division. But you yep. look at it. Yeah. You win 87, 88 games. That's going to be good enough to win the division. But Detroit's better. Minnesota has to be better. The Royals are always there. We'll see what happens with the Indians. But then you always have a tough road schedule. Just 91 and a half. People don't realize that's a lot of games to win, to win 92 games. Last year, they had to work fairly hard to get to 93, and they won the division by 12 games. I just, I think the under is going to be the play on them this year. I know people will point to injuries, but I would say with the pitching, almost everything was perfect last year for your Sox. Everything. You're two Cy Young candidates the majority of the year. You have three right now, top 10, top 11 in the odds. Three out of the top 10, top 11 spots. What does that tell you going in? that's not going to be the case at the end of the season. I'd be surprised if that happens in back-to-back seasons. But, yes, you can point to the injuries in the field, but look at everything that went perfect as far as the pitching goes, 91.5 if you go under that number. I mean, I I think you started off the conversation in the right spot. It's about the division. I don't see a team that can stay within 10 games of them. And just because you're going to start the season with this roster, it appears that that's what they're going to do. It doesn't mean you're going to finish the season with this roster. There are years when everything goes wrong, the injuries pile up, and you shouldn't be spending buku bucks and just add, add, add. Let's get to that trade deadline. The White Sox are going to be in the playoffs, especially with the expanded format. So I, I think people need to calm down. I know there's a jealousy factor. We see what's happening with the Toronto Blue Jays and a couple of other teams in the American League, but uh, th- there are some appealing ones. Are there not? I mean, I, I talked about Seattle a little bit yeah. last week. I'm, I was in on Toronto late last year. I was very upset that they didn't make the playoffs because I had a big ticket on them. Uh, there's, there's some other good teams. It's not just the big boys that the White Sox need to worry about, but I don't think there's anyone they need to be concerned about this year in this division. No, and you're right. I mean, think about it last year. Second place team went 80 and 82 in the division. That could be exactly what happens again this year. So even if you win 88, you're still winning the division and winning it comfortably. And I think that's probably going to happen. Yes, they may not have the injury problems that they had last year, but you're right. They're not going to have the insane season that they saw out of Rodon last year. He's gone. Chialito should be better. Yeah. Lance Lynn, he was really good last year. I mean, Dylan Mm. C should be good this year. But again, I just 91 and a half, 92 wins is a very tough total to get to in Major League Baseball. It means you're playing 22 games over 500. That's not easy to do. Lance Lynn was top two, top three AL Cy Young odds most of the year. That's what we have to remember. And he was he was throwing six innings per start or even less than that on average. Okay, so we agree. First blush, White Sox under if you're playing that win total. You know, it feels under under. The Cubs is set at 73 and a half, 71 victories a year ago. I thought 73 and a half was actually one of the more ridiculous numbers out there. Yeah. Look at that. 71 last year. You had Bryant Rizzo Baez for a portion of the season. All right. You don't this year. And 
they're in a, again in a division that should beat them up, should knock them around. What are they going to do pitching wise? Alzale is already talking about that he's going to be out for a while. You don't know what you're going to get out of Hendricks. He's probably going to be pretty good. There's, I, I think it's going to be very hard for them to get up to 74 victories this year. I agree with you. It sounds like we're killing them, but we're not. It's it's just the reality of the Cubs number from year to year. So if the if they think the real number is 71 and a half, why set 71 and a half? Right. They're going to bet over on 73 and a half, so set it at 73 and a half. I think that's that's one way the books are taking a look at it. Early odds with Joe Ostrowski, Sports Radio 670, The Score. Our weekly contributor, Jim Miller, from Hawthorne Racecourse and Points Bet Sportsbook. What else with baseball is on the mind, Jim? All right, Cy Young Award winner. Your guy, Robbie Ray, last I saw, was 8-1, to one, all right? Last year, he did it with Toronto in a very tough division. This year, he's with Seattle, all right? Look at it. You have the A's have completely dismantled their team. You know what the Angels kind of are. So, you have the Astros, most likely, minus Correa. And Robbie Ray should be dominant out there. This is a guy that I think at eight to one, I still think that provides a little bit of value. Yes, you're talking about giving it to a guy back to back seasons, but couldn't he repeat? Don't you think back to back? And he got paid. I don't yeah. know that. I don't know that he can repeat what he accomplished last year. That's going to be tough. And you know how I feel about Robbie Ray and his squad. I think they're going to accomplish a lot this season, but I can't go preseason eight to one as the third favorite over on points bet. Uh, Robbie Ray sitting behind Garrett Cole and Shane Bieber at the time. Here's the boring uh, response that I have. Uh, let's keep checking in, listening to early yep. odds every week, because the best way to bet these awards outside of situations like Shohei Otani last year, when one player runs away with it from the start, and what are you going to do? Nothing to bet there. You just watch it because yep. there are bad months with pitchers. There are going to be early dead arm periods. And that's how you get Robbie Ray 101. I know some people that got Robbie Ray at even a better number than that. Uh, Max Scherzer almost took home the NL Cy Young at the trade deadline. He was 100 to one in the MLB awards market. If you're value hunting, you're going to hit one of these bombs. You just have to keep paying attention. Salvi Perez was almost your home run leader. He was in the mm -hmm. mix there. And there were some people that had heavy triple digits on him. You look through it. And like we mentioned, look at what the team's schedules are. Look at what their division is. That's where you can find the numbers. I mean, it could be a guy that's a top starter or a number two starter on a team that's just going to have a soft schedule. That's where you, I think you do have to look early in the season. Then, like you said, let's see how it progresses throughout the course of the season. Right now, like you mentioned, there's three Sox pitchers in the top 10. Dylan Cease probably has the best stuff of any of the three. But again, we just don't know exactly what he's going to be. He's 18 to 1 right now. Wait and see what happens with someone like that. I think a guy like McCullers at 16 to 1 is intriguing because, again, he's pitching in a division that's not very good. But it is. This is something that you can follow all season long and still have a chance to cash even late in the year. As we get closer, we will check in on both MVPs, both Cy Youngs, Rookie of the Year, Home Run Leader, 
hits leader, RBI, runs, stolen bases, strikeouts, wins, so many different ways to attack Major League Baseball, and it's all a lot of fun. The best best part for all of us sports bettors is we can now price shop and find the best numbers that are available as we keep adding sports books to the state of Illinois. Uh, Jim, anything else on your mind when baseball related before we get to the horses? You know what, just real quickly, watch the vaccine status of players. You're going to find it out real early in the season because those that are not vaccinated can't go play in Toronto. And right now they can't play in New York. So you're going to have to wait and see kind of how things change throughout the course of the year. But hey, if you're looking to play for MVP, home run leader, hits leaders and that, if you're starting to take games off the schedule that these guys are eligible for, that can make a major impact in those wagers. Fascinated to see what happens in New York. So the Brooklyn Nets have a ton of superstar power. We know that. Now pressure is being applied to the mayor. But in New York, the Nets are the second team. They have the superstars, but they're the second team. The residents care about the Knicks a whole lot more. Well, here come the Yankees. What sort of pressure is going to be applied when we're talking about Yankee superstars earning a lot of money that still refuse to get the vaccine, and now they're not going to be able to play in Toronto? and they're not going to be able to play their home games. Is there going to be some sort of a change then? That's the question. Right now, there isn't. They've said, even if you're outdoors, but you're right. Okay, think about this. I I do agree, Joe. There's going to be a change at some point. Yeah. If it were how it is right now, they're missing 90 games out of the season. 90. So something's got to change, but it may not be for the start of the year, so we'll have to wait and see. Mm. Blue Jays and White Sox win total the same at 91 and a half. Astros, Yankees, 92 and a half in the American League. Those are your big numbers. All right, what about the horses today, Jim? All right, so we're going away from the home track for three races this weekend. We're going to start at Oakland Park, race seven, bet the nine, Hollis across the board. Then in race nine, bet the three, Warriors charge across the board. Then go to Sunland Park, race nine on Saturday, bet the seven, Hollywood Henry across the board. And we'll see if we can make some money for an NCAA Sunday. You're the man, Jim. Hope you can make it to Monday to the Sweet 16 in the Survivor Pool. I'm ready. I'm there. We'll be talking (laughs) about it next week. Awesome. That's Jim Miller, Hawthorne Racecourse and Points Bet Sportsbook right here on Sports Radio 670, the score. Well, I didn't make it. I'm thinking Duke yesterday and went with USC chasing the points. Last I checked, it was an 18 to 2 turnover ratio. Just gross. They almost pulled off that comeback at the very end, though. Next time I hit the air, the Sweet 16 will be set. Join me on BetQL Daily. Weekdays, 8 to 11 a.m. on 105.9 FM HD2 or the Odyssey app under BetQL Network or on the BetQL Twitch stream. And there's my four hits throughout the week right here on 670 The Score. Subscribe to the BetQL Daily Podcast so you don't miss any of that heat. BetQL countdown to tip off with my guy Nick Costos is next inside the clubhouse at 9 per usual. But a reminder, I'm here with early odds, 6 to 7 a.m. throughout the tournament. Then we're back to our usual slot. Cash some tickets and keep it locked here on 670 The Score. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 